0: listening to Venture Vignettes, a podcast that features trailblazers in entrepreneurship, investment, and innovation. I'm your host, Rihanna Shah, recording from Stanford, California. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes and like us on Facebook. Today, we're here with Radhika Shah, co-president of the Stanford Angels and Entrepreneurs Group and strategic limited partner at Ulu Ventures. She has made several successful investments in Internet of Things, location services, social networking, as well as in mission-driven companies. She's been an advisor and mentor in the startup space for many years. Before that, she earned a master's in computer science from Stanford and an MBA from Berkeley. We're very excited to have her here today with us. Thanks so much for coming, Radhika. So to start off with, tell us more about your background. How did you get involved with the myriad of things you're currently doing?
1: My background is, I think, eclectic mix. I grew up in the backdrop of the Gandhi ashram. So deeply, deeply kind of embedded in my childhood in the world of the dignity of each and every one of us matters. And the concept that nature is not a resource for us to leverage the Gandhian concept that we our relationship is more of a trustee to nature. And so in a sense, to me, the sustainable development goals that were ratified by most world leaders and the UN two years ago embody those Gandhian principles. So I'm very excited to be re-engaged in that world kind of reconnecting to my childhood. The work I've been doing in the last two years is tech investing, looking at cutting-edge tech innovation to achieve the sustainable development goals. I have been a very actively engaged advisor at the Sustainable Development Goals philanthropy platform which is a catalytic platform looking at bringing together philanthropy, the UN, governments, brilliant academics, all to come together to achieve these goals. The goals are uber ambitious, like eliminating poverty, hunger, tackling climate change, tackling gender inequality, a quality education, health care for all. And so I'm very excited in the last two years to be kind of linking my world of Silicon Valley tech at Stanford Angels and Entrepreneurs, which is about a 1,200-member community of Stanford faculty, students, alumni, all engaged in tech innovation, connecting that world with impact investors, with people working on the SDGs across the world, and looking at what could be the role of innovation in this and entrepreneurship.
0: That sounds awesome. That sounds like a really powerful mm-hmm. way to bring a lot of different worlds together. So that's really incredible to hear. Let's mm-hmm. dive a little bit more into your early background. What was it that got you interested in this work? And what did you do after graduating from Stanford?
1: Sure. So very early on in my life, my grandfather was a role model for me. He was very involved in the dignity of all. He was a human rights lawyer. And he was very involved in policy for empowering women, the vulnerable in society, so I would say. And then growing up in the backdrop of the Gandhi Ashram, that was something I was raised with and is very much part of who I am, what my value systems are. And then I was also raised by a father who worked for the United Nations. He was a scientist. I got a microscope before I got adults. I've always been <laughs> very intrigued by technology. I love technology. And so that's how my life started. And fast forward, ended up here. I studied computer science, graduated from Stanford Stanford for a while was in the tech industry in Silicon Valley in the early days of the internet as part of the team at Broadvision. was very interesting. It was very interesting, exciting days and part of the very early team and we were the pioneers in personalization interesting. and uh, various different companies and microsystems, which was a Google of our day. And uh, for a while I worked in the tech industry, but I always missed the world I grew up in when I was mm. more in the tech business role, because for me, always technology has been a tool. And to me, these goals now, the Sustainable Development Goals, give a purpose, sense of purpose, and connect us as a global community. And they're a call to action. And so applying technology to the SDGs is very, very
0: exciting. What are some of the things that you've been working on most recently? So you mentioned that you're doing a lot of tech innovation work. You're working with this Angels group, as well as Sustainable Development Goals. So what are some of the main projects that you're working on right now?
1: One of the projects at Stanford Angels and Entrepreneurs is looking at Can we engage the Stanford community to also look at not just investment in regular tech businesses, but can we also look at investing in mission-driven entrepreneurs? Because I think entrepreneurship is going to be one of the key levers in bringing transformational social change. And so we are looking at can we bring together people from the Stanford community Mm -hmm who are very involved in a mission-driven entrepreneurship and investment. Mm-hmm. And what could be the role our group could play in that? And is it just investing that we do in mission-driven entrepreneurs, something else? We, as I mentioned, we are faculty, we a faculty advisory board. So can we look at academics having a role? Yeah. Can we work with students? We have several students in the group. What role could the students from Stanford mm-hmm. play looking at all of these things? Mm-hmm. That's, that's r- one of the ones I'm very excited about.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Let's switch a little bit to talking about the sustainable development goals. So they've been around for many years at this point, And I think the goal is to try to achieve at least part of it, if not all of it by, by 2030. Could you talk a little bit about what the sustainable development goal platform is right now? And what are some of the major efforts that are going on around it?
1: So the goals themselves have been around. They were ratified in 2015, September at UN Mm -hmm. headquarters. It's not been that long. On the other hand, these principles have been enshrined in the universal human Mm -hmm. rights frameworks. And so the ideas have been around for a while. I think what is unique about these goals is Mm -hmm. they're now framed as a call to action with a timeline Mm -hmm. and a taxonomy that we have a global normative framework where Mm -hmm. everyone in the world Mm -hmm. agrees on what are the broad goals, what are the sub goals, what are the Targets for measuring success. So that is a very unique development and that's very exciting. And what I see is so, our own platform is a platform leading from the philanthropy side, foundations yeah. and philanthropy, educating that community around the goals, connecting the community within the sector and other sectors as well as catalyzing action and innovation to achieve these goals in a sense bringing the mindset change needed mm-hmm. for us all as a global community to come together to achieve these very ambitious goals in the remaining 13 years which is very ambitious and right now we're not thinking partial I think we have to yeah. think that we've got to achieve these even though they're very very ambitious goals yeah. I think the crisis we are facing as a world both on inequality and climate mm. change is so drastic
0: yeah definitely. that
1: I think that has been part of the reason that everyone's committed to this, so most governments are working on these goals. There's organizations like Impact 2030 where corporations are coming together for employees to volunteer. Mm-hmm. There's organizations like ours. where yeah. I'm an advisor, the Sustainable Development Goals Philanthropy Platform.
0: Interesting.
1: And it's, it's the UN is working on this. The yeah. UN is looking at almost everything through the lens of these goals. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a moment, and then academics are looking at it. So it's a moment where for world collaboration yeah. across borders, across gender lines across racial lines. And there's a big role here for tech innovation, in my opinion. Because Mm. tech is, in a sense, at a moment where it's like oil of the new economy and it's a very powerful tool and it's here to stay. And I think if we can channel it in a manner, in a positive Mm. manner to advance the goals, it could be one of the game changers.
0: Hmm. It sounds like technology is is one of those things that can be a great equalizer or can also create a lot more inequality than there exists right Mm -hmm. now, of course. Could you talk a little bit about what role you see Silicon Valley playing in the sustainable development goals and what are some of the things that we've been working on so far?
1: I think Silicon Valley can play a huge role in bringing the power of tech Mm -hmm. as well as kind of thinking one is to help advance the sustainable development goals across the world by bringing the power of tech and entrepreneurship, Mm -hmm. which is a strength here, whether it be the tech companies or the tech innovators, the tech entrepreneurs, but also the goals can provide a framework for Silicon Valley to think a bit differently. I know there are many mission-driven companies here, but this could take things to a whole different level. I would ideally love to see Silicon Valley companies, the big tech giants, start looking at the goals as a way of organizing their mission and their priorities Mm -hmm. because the goals provide a framework for that. For example, the government of Kenya and the UN in Kenya, they're looking at creating opportunities for mm-hmm. companies like ours in Silicon Valley to create win win opportunities and create entire markets mm-hmm. with a sustainable development goals framework. They're looking at universal health, they want to achieve universal health coverage for all. Kenya's leading on that. And they're creating a partnership platform mm-hmm. where they welcome companies from here to bring tech solutions yeah, and to make money. So that it's not just about charity. Right. It's about there could be very new markets created around yeah. the sustainable development goals. Yeah. And I think Silicon Valley can lead on that front or at least be part of the folks who are leading there. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of examples. Mm-hmm. For example, uh, in Kenya, again, mm-hmm. uh, staying with Kenya for a minute, there's not enough doctors and they expected to be even less doctors. And yeah. yet Kenya wants to achieve universal health care. Yes. So the head of the UN Kenya was Siddharth Chatterjee, a very inspiring leader and the UN, was here in Silicon Valley mm-hmm. to talk with the companies here, mm-hmm. to meet academics, to look at how can technology be a game changer. Yeah. And examples are, that Google has some technology mm. where just by taking a picture of the iris of a human being, you mm. can tell if they have diabetes and diabetes-related diseases, mm. Interesting. like blindness. And without any doctor in the loop now, yeah. you could potentially prevent blindness, right? So yeah. for places where there is not enough doctors, this could mm. be a game changer. Yeah, Similarly, definitely. to empower community health workers, yeah, they have this backpack moms with all their tech tools mm-hmm. in Kenya. And this is something that countries like Kenya could leapfrog using tech. Yeah. And this is where there's a big role for tech companies in Silicon Valley market Mm -hmm. opportunities, but also to participate in major social change. Hmm.
0: That's very interesting. What would you say are some of the major reasons that are driving technology in this space? In what way can technology really change the Sustainable Development Goals platform and and provide the scale, right? Because that's what I'm Hmm. hearing, that that using technology is a way to scale some of these solutions that might be applied to a smaller population to take them and really make them global. And what are some other things that you're seeing around this area.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point, Rihanna. Yeah, that technology can be a game changer because it mm-hmm. can really bring down the cost of achieving things. Yep. And the economies of scale are at a whole different level. Mm-hmm. And it, of course, causes some ethical issues. People might lose jobs. There right. is uh, a lot of change happening. It can be used for bad as well. Mm-hmm. However, I want to start by sharing an example. One of our own Stanford Angels companies, mm-hmm. some here back home, mm-hmm. we talked about Kenya, but right here in the U.S., We were one of the early funders in a company called Blue River Technologies, Mm -hmm. um, came out of Stanford Mm -hmm. and GSB students and tech students from Stanford. Mm -hmm. And they have revolutionized the agriculture industry by bringing robotics and computer vision. They've come up with a solution that at way lower cost now Mm -hmm. is able to automate weeding via robotics. And weeding is backbreaking work as well as identifying like lettuce thinning, major, major challenges which are very, very hard work in the agriculture Mm -hmm. space able to do this using technology at way lower costs. They were acquired by John Deere for over 300 million recently so mm-hmm. it shows that the power of technology and achieving positive change that could also one could also make money yeah. and not just that they bring down the herbicide pesticide usage by a large amount so there's a very positive environmental impact this is where if we can bring the power of the most cutting-edge technology with yeah. mission to even entrepreneurs yeah it's amazing what can happen hmm. on the other hand it's not all just rosy pictures right right there is technology is a tool it's a very powerful tool and yeah. Can also, it could be an unequalizer if you're not careful, and it yes. is already rapidly becoming one of the inequalizers, in my opinion. Yeah, because some people have access to the most cutting edge smartphones, like all of us here, and then there are people who don't even have in tribal India and other places not mm-hmm. even a basic audio phone. Yeah,
0: definitely. so
1: and now that we get more and more information and everything via tech, yeah, the fact that you don't have access or the speed of the internet access can be a big Yeah, and policy again is um, where we go with policy is a big factor here as well Mm. and then there is social media that has been leveraged quite a bit for these days nobody knows what information to believe but also for influencing people. The Rohingya crisis, one of Mm -hmm. the big factors in the xenophobia created Mm -hmm. against certain ethnic groups is happening via amplifying negative messaging via social media because that's become the only source by which people get information and some parts of the world. Yeah. And we've seen that here in our own country. And Mm -hmm. yet, I think social media is an amplifier. So it could also be used as an amplifier for positive change. Yeah. So these are all double-edged swords.
0: So it's almost like an opportunity to re-examine what may already exist, but also to create a new society or create a new set of paradigms through which to live.
1: Yeah. I'm a big believer that the sustainable development goals provide a unifying framework and a call Mm -hmm. to action. Mm -hmm. If we kind of unify that with the power of AI and some of the other cutting-edge tech, as well as uh, other factors, such as empowering women in society Mm -hmm. and young girls in society, livelihood for women, Mm tackling racial biases, gender biases, age biases. Yeah. If we bring all of this together, mm-hmm. we are at a moment where we can really do transformative stuff in the yeah. world. And the need is high, but yeah. we can also do amazing things together.
0: That's a really cool point. I'm also wondering, is there guidance that the Sustainable Development Goals provide around technology? So are they trying to increase the amount of internet access, for example, or are they trying to dictate or provide some sort of best practice guidelines around AI? Or are we not at that point yet? Because we're really dealing with much more basic issues.
1: I would say I'm not an expert on that, but my sense is they don't get as deeply into technology. Mm -hmm. More and more, there are goals around infrastructure Mm -hmm. for achieving all the goals. Mm -hmm. And part of it is technologies at itself, AI and such are at such early stages that in a sense, I think that's an area where Mm -hmm. we might want to complement what exists in the Sustainable Development Goals framework and perhaps working with the UN, but having standards would really, really help. Hub,
0: yeah, for AI, definitely.
1: for tech ethics, for some of the issues we've been talking about. Yeah. And taking the scaffolding of the goals, mm-hmm. but then looking also across the goals. What mm-hmm. can we do with tech? But standardizing that is not a bad idea.
0: That's interesting. Let's rewind for a second to talking a little bit about what the sustainable development goals are and what they're actually trying to achieve. Because before the sustainable development goals, there was also the millennial goals, right? Yes. That they sort of retired in, in 2015. So how well did the world do? How world leaders and corporations and all of the entities that make up society, how well did we do when it comes to the millennial development goals?
1: Yeah. So I'm not an expert, again, on the millennial development mm-hmm. goals, but my sense is that we are better off as a world for having those goals. I know there's a lot of critique mm-hmm. of the millennial development goals. Mm-hmm. And also, they were not very easy to measure. So one of the yeah. lessons learned is measuring from day one planning on how to measure success is important. So the sustainable mm-hmm. development goals are very detailed mm-hmm. targets for each sub-goal. So hmm. so. People have thought of how to measure things. That said, I think overall, if you look at where we are as a world, mm-hmm. having the millennial development goals enable us to be much better off, in my sense. But um, I think the other difference between the millennial development goals and the sustainable development goals is they were more siloed, Mm -hmm. like tackling maternal mortality versus now the sustainable development equivalent goal is good quality health care for each and every human being. Right. So there's a difference. The sustainable development goals are way more comprehensive and Mm -hmm. touch on almost every aspect of development, climate change, Mm -hmm. as well as human rights, essentially about the basic dignity of all, leaving no one behind. Yeah. And they're about us all coming together to make sure everyone has equalizing and leveling the playing field for every human being. Yeah. They also have the spirit. Essentially, they weave together environmental, social and economic goals. Yeah. And they are unifying climate change Mm -hmm. and development. Mm -hmm. But also the game changer here is that recognizing all these Mm -hmm. goals are linked, whether the number one goal is... Eliminating poverty. The next one is hunger. Then the third is health care for all. Mm-hmm. Fourth is education for all. Quality education, not just education. That yeah. was a lesson learned from the millennial development goals. Mm. Fifth is tackling gender equality. Yeah. So there's all the development goals, uh, the basic mm-hmm. rights goals. In a sense these are rights. Yeah. And these are it's recognizing that these are rights of all of us human beings. With yeah. the right to good education, to good health. Mm-hmm to energy, to what clean water. Yeah. And but also recognizing these are linked and hence yeah. the seventeen goals. Even though they're seventeen, they form in two broad buckets. They mm-hmm. fall that the development mm-hmm. goals as well as the goals around tackling climate change, life mm-hmm. underwater, life on land, yeah. tackling climate change, these are all linked and recognizing that. So in a sense, I like the term climate justice. When we tackle climate change, Mm -hmm. it's important to think of the communities on the ground. If there are indigenous communities, we can't sit on a high chair in another part of the world and think of climate change there. What happens to the lives of those people? Thinking of that.
0: For example,
1: women's lives are not that disconnected from access to clean water. Mm -hmm. Education, all of these are linked and recognizing the linkages is a power of these goals as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Hmm. That's really, I think, a very important piece of it, right? Being able to take what we have learned from it and then make it better while also making it very data driven, very measurable, and really being able to set these specific metrics to check in 2030. Like, how are yeah. we doing, guys? Another
1: key thing about these goals that these are not just about the global south. Mm. It's not just about, oh, we here in America go and help Africa and help the poor people in India and Bangladesh. That is not the spirit of these goals is recognizing mm-hmm. the goals are much needed in every single country in the world. There might be different goals that need more focus in different countries, yeah. but they're needed in every single country. So these are universal in that sense. Every country mm-hmm. needs the goals and is working on these goals. And that is another unique thing. And recognizing the South-South collaboration, yeah. it's about every country is also going to work on that mm-hmm. goals. It's breaking that mindset of... Mm-hmm. One country being superior over another and yeah. the mindset of we're going to go and help you. Mm-hmm. It's more a spirit of we are all one global community mm-hmm. and we are one world and we're going to work on this collectively. Yeah. And we are going to it's also the spirit of local solutions from each country. Yeah, definitely. And and the there is a goal around tackling inequality in all its forms. And that one is not just about inequality of individuals, but mm-hmm. also at a country level, at a region level. Yeah recognizing that mindset. And so they're very, very powerful frameworks. Yeah,
0: that's incredible. We're starting to come up on time, but one of the other things that I am wondering about is what are some ways in which we can emulate living a life that is inspired by the Sustainable Development Goals, right? Because it's not just necessarily something that institutions are working on, but I think that individuals can also contribute to. So what can we do to contribute to the SDGs?
1: I think we all can, and the goals are meant to be a call to action to each and every world citizen. And the fact that there are these 17 goals makes it much easier And having a taxonomy. Mm-hmm. I think what we can do is to begin with just look at the framework, see which ones we are excited about, which ones we care about, start there, mm-hmm. start thinking of the linkages mm-hmm. and start thinking, looking at the world around us, that yeah. how are we impacting those goals? We can mm-hmm. do that in small actions. Yeah. My, I have got my niece who's nine years old. She's very mm. excited. She told me that she's going to work on the goal around saving the dolphins. But I love That's it now. Awesome. Instead of talking of saving the dolphins, mm-hmm. she's saying, I'm going to work on SDG 14. I'm going to save my pocket money for SDG 14. I want to work yeah. with other people on the in the world. Mm-hmm. I want to save dolphins. I want to help the whales. Yeah. But having this taxonomy is really powerful. She has a yeah. pocket book of the goals and she decides. And the other day, she said, I'm working on goal 4 and 5 I want Mm -hmm. to help girls and I want to help education and she saved a lot of money to help this organization Akshay Padra in India Mm -hmm. so she picked a region she picked two goals yeah and then she saved pocket money and, yeah. and it's different. It somehow yeah. changes it when you look with a broader taxonomy. Anyone yeah, can do it and everyone can do it. And it, mm-hmm. In a sense, it provides us um, anchor, mm-hmm. a North Star and a framework, yeah. even in little things we do, whether we are a corporation, a country yeah. or an individual. Yeah,
0: that's a really wonderful thought to leave our listeners with. So <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show today, Radhika. That was really excellent.
1: Thank you, Rihanna. Awesome. This was great
0: fun. To all of our listeners, thanks again for listening to Venture Vignettes, a podcast dedicated to interviews with tech leaders at the forefront of innovation. For questions, comments, or requests, you can always reach me at rihanna at kzsu.stanford.edu. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and definitely leave us a review on iTunes. I'm Rihanna Shah, signing off until next time.